Welcome to the Dell Technologies Edge and IoT Power Chat podcast series, where you hear from the experts about edge and IoT, safety and security, and computer vision technologies. Hello, everyone. Bruce Hall here, and welcome to another Dell Technologies Edge and IoT Power Chat. And today we're going to talk about enabling artificial intelligence at the edge with Dell partner Digital Harmonic. And our guest is Mr. Mason Barron, who's the Chief Technology Officer for Digital Harmonic. How are you doing today, Mason? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing well, Mason, and thanks for being on the podcast. Could we start with a little bit of your background, please? Sure. My degrees are in electrical engineering, and after college, I spent 14 years at the Johns Hopkins Applied Physics Lab and spent the last 10 of those years and then four years at Alliance Science Technology building and leading software development rapid prototyping teams to go solve some of the most complex problems we could find. We ended up setting the state of the art in several key areas of remote sensing, especially from aircraft. My personal expertise is spread across image video and signal processing, more specifically on detection, tracking, fusion, like multi-sensor fusion, and machine learning. And that made Digital Harmonic too good a fit and opportunity to pass up when I joined just over a year ago. Mason, we're talking about imagery and video as part of this podcast as feeding artificial intelligence algorithms. Let's start with a general question. What are the roles of imagery and video at the edge? So video and imagery collectors at the edge serve several roles, typically to augment or replace humans, not in the sense of replacing their decision-making, but being able to put sensors out farther to extend their reach or the scale so that into places where, for example, humans, it would be unsafe or not economical to go. So anywhere from when you look up, whether it's remote sensing from space all the way down to the ocean floor, there are some places that are just inhospitable to humans or not cost-effective to send them. Can you give us some examples of video and imagery's use at the edge? And what are some of the different edge venues where we might see this technology in use? Sure. And there are several. One common one today is the use of imagery and video to improve the safety of or allow autonomous driving of vehicles. And that's the case where they use several sensors, including visible light imagery or video cameras, to look at the road ahead and try to see through, for example, fog, rain, any of those kinds of things to make sure that you don't run into other vehicles, people, or enter any unsafe situations. And in the airborne domain, there's a lot of different safety cases for it, like, for example, looking at the ground when you want to land at night or in adverse weather, as well as doing what we call standoff inspection. So if there's any kind of critical infrastructure, you're trying to look at oil pipelines or any kind of remote facilities and things like that without having to put personnel on the ground in those locations. In the subsurface side, while there is a wide use of imagery and video collection, there's a much larger use case for acoustic or audio collection under the water, whether you're looking for wildlife or just to locate ships. Mason, it sounds like there's a lot of data being generated at these different venues. What are some of the unique challenges in trying to process this data? There are several. Due to the in some cases, cost constraints or space constraints or even just power, limited nature of putting something out. The more forward you put it or farther away from contact, you put it, it has to be more efficient in those ways, which reduces the compute power available as well as, in a lot of cases, the quality of the sensor that you have. So you may get increased noise. Due to the bandwidth restriction, you may make some trade-offs and lose some of the data that's critical to processing. And that drives some of the processing need to move further upstream or forward onto the sensor itself or closer to the edge, which produces yet another power and availability challenge. That transporting of the data provides its own challenges as well, whether it be latency, if you have to make a quick decision or you have to operate on that data quickly, just backhauling the data to a site or where the operators actually are can be quite challenging. And additionally, 
compressing that data to the point where you may not be able to get the information back that you require. So that all makes sense, Mason. We have noisy data created without enough power and a hard time transporting that data because it's from far-flung locations. How do we achieve better efficiency in processing this information? One of the major ways that you can do that is trying to increase the quality of the data as early in the process as you can and perform as much processing as you can at that state or become more efficient in how you backhaul the data to a more powerful location that can process and retain all of the information content required to do the work. So cleaning the data seems to be a key to improving it at the source if we can do it. How does having cleaner data improve the outcome of AI algorithms and help us to extract better business insights? It does it in a few ways, actually. What we found in our processing using machine learning algorithms and specifically object detection, which in the video and imagery case, for example, is trying to put bounding boxes around things of interest like people, vehicles, or problems in an oil and gas pipeline like defects and what have you, trying to identify those anomalies. What we have found is when you go to train that data, you're kind of limited to the training set that was provided to the machine learning algorithm that was built to capture it. But as we found, like, for example, in the autonomous driving case, when you train on sunny weather or smog or fog, if you miss rain, if you miss, you know, rain at dusk, a bunch of different environments that would be very hard to capture and have enough data to make sure you have that stable collection, you're limited in the ability of that algorithm to perform its job in environments it's never seen before. But if you do pre-processing and you mitigate some of those challenges, you make the imagery clearer, you make it cleaner, and you prepare it properly for those algorithms, you can recoup all of that performance even in environments where the machine learning isn't really well suited. I understand your company, Digital Harmonic, does some pre-processing of this data. Can you tell us about your products and how does it help with this noisy data problem? Absolutely. One of our products... PurePixel is software that runs in real time to remove atmospheric obscurations and dramatically improve the information extraction potential of imagery. So whether you have rain, fog, snow, smog, you're trying to collect visible light at night or in the changeover, which is called diurnal, so going from dawn to dusk, dusk to dawn, those kinds of things, we try to dramatically improve the ability to retrieve information from this imagery in real time. And another one of our products, Keyframe, solves the backhaul problem where you have constrained bandwidth to move video and imagery. We've demonstrated the ability to reduce bandwidth by up to three times while sending the same quality imagery down the pipe in real time. And our third product, the Precision Measuring Matrix, is a uniquely advanced signal processing capability that allows you to find, identify, and locate signals across the acoustic, audio, and radio frequency spectrum. I'd like to first take you deeper into pure pixel. We're talking about manipulating an image or imagery for weather-related anomalies and other anomalies. Can you take us deeper into how that actually works? Sure. We have a combination of seven patented and about 10 trade secret algorithms that look at the imagery that's coming in and automatically select the algorithms required to improve the imagery or increase the extraction. However, one thing that we don't do is we won't use deep learning or machine learning to impact or manipulate the pixels of the imagery. The main reason for this is, for example, machine learning capabilities, whether that be random forest, Bayesian inference, deep learning neural networks, or a class of those called generative adversarial networks, they all share a couple shortfalls specific to manipulating the pixels of imagery that, one, they are limited to the biases and incompleteness of the data sets upon which they are trained, 
And secondly, they are generative in nature. So they actually postulate what might be there. They fill in the gaps of the measurements with what might be there based on their data training, as opposed to simply just extracting what is there. So we stay pure and use brute force mathematics only to extract the information content from the measured signal, as opposed to postulating what might be there. And then you talked about keyframe, which is to do what sounds like a form of compression against this imagery. Can you take us deeper into how that works? Absolutely. We use whatever modern encoder, like whether that be H.264 or AVC, HEVC or H.265, VP9, AV1, we take advantage of some of the shortfalls of how those algorithms perform compression and we correct them on the client side only. So you don't have to change your encoding pipelines, the hardware that's up front at the edge encoding that video. You don't have to change any of that. You can just crank down the bandwidth, send it with less bandwidth content, and then we'll reconstruct it on the other side, on the client side, very computationally efficiently. You talked about precision measuring matrix, which is more for underwater and acoustic type detection. Can you take us a little bit deeper into that product? Absolutely. The backstory is actually pretty interesting. Our founder, Paul Reed Smith, was working with his father, who was a mathematician supporting the U.S. Navy, to develop a guitar synthesizer. And they discovered a fundamentally unique way to extract accurate frequency, amplitude, and time from signal content in real time and very computationally efficiently. And so that's what kind of begot the patentry of our uniquely advanced sensor processing capability that has demonstrated incredible ability to increase signal noise ratio and find signals under the noise floor, at the noise floor, and track them across time, frequency, and harmonics. Mason, it sounds like there's a fair bit of processing power required to execute your software products. Can you tell us about the overall solution infrastructure required to deploy digital harmonic products? We actually designed all of our products to be able to run down at the laptop grade, or in some cases like Keyframe, for example, it can actually run on an Android or iOS device and quite computationally efficiently so that it doesn't require additional battery to do most of its work. In the PurePixel application, we knew almost all of the use cases we had and customers that we had, they already have hardware, they already have servers or laptops or compute capability. And so we focused on not being a rip and replace, but just being augmentative. We're just software that sits in the existing infrastructure as a bump in the wire, does the work, and very easily integrates into whatever software and hardware architectures already exist out in the world. Can you tell me a little bit about an ideal configuration between Dell hardware accelerated by NVIDIA GPUs at both the edge and in the data center? What would be good configurations to run your software? There are actually three. In the data center configuration, a Dell PowerEdge powered by NVIDIA GPUs is perfect to run our systems. And for example, for each GPU that's put into the box, we can process anywhere from six to almost 20 feeds in real time with extremely low latency. And then once you get closer to the edge and you start going into the precision towers or even further into the laptop grade, we have offerings that allow us to very quickly answer any customer need. Once you have the hardware deployed with your software running, what kind of results could be expected? In the driving safety case, we've demonstrated the ability to give anywhere from 100 to 300 yards back of visibility of personnel, vehicles, etc., to increase your decision time to keep the vehicle safe. And that translates up into the airborne platforms when they're looking down at the ground trying to land in adverse weather environments. We've given anywhere from 5 to 10 seconds of decision time back to those pilots. 
In the non-penetrating inspection case, whether that be infrared or x-ray, we've demonstrated the ability to extract more information while reducing the radiation. So the mission can still get done and we can increase the mean time between failure or the expected life of all the components involved and also decrease the time it was required for a person to go execute that collection. Mason, can you tell us about the partnership between Digital Harmonic, Dell, and NVIDIA? Partnering with Dell and NVIDIA has allowed us to dramatically scale up our availability to customers and ability to quickly deliver and service any of our product offerings. Mason, where can listeners go to find more about Digital Harmonic products and your partnership? They can find us on the web at digitalharmonic.com. Mason Barron, CTO of Digital Harmonic. This has been some great information about your company, Digital Harmonic, and your products, Pure Pixel, Keyframe, and Precision Measurement Matrix, and on your relationship with Dell and NVIDIA. Any final thoughts? I appreciate you taking the time with me today, as well as the partnership with Dell and NVIDIA, and we're looking forward to dramatically improving the performance of all of the machine learning and sensing systems being put out there. Thanks for all this great info, Mason, and hopefully we can have you back on a future Dell Technologies Edge and IoT Power Chat. Great. Thank you.